Hello, I'm AT. Welcome to the Bulldog Gear podcast, where we aim to open up conversations and create discussions around the practical habits, ethos, and philosophies of the most successful people in our industry. Here, we will endeavor to identify, unpack, and discuss the actions and habits of fiercely successful individuals in and around the fitness space in an attempt to create clear, actionable philosophies for you guys to experiment with and implement on your own journey of self-improvement. Hello guys, welcome back to the Bulldog Gear podcast, it's me AT, I am flying solo again today, so no need for a long intro, which is handy because I don't have many accolades to reel off as I have to do for our illustrious guests week in, week out. Um, this week we're going to do a Q&A. Thank you very much for everyone who submitted some fantastic questions. Uh, just a nice chance, I think, to engage with you guys and just have a chat and answer any questions that are coming up a lot. And uh, anything I can do to add value to you guys, I am keen to do so. So uh, without further ado, I think we should just get stuck right in. Um, I'm going to do a mixture of kind of longer questions where I can kind of shoot the breeze with you guys a little bit and also just some some more quickfire ones that have come in. Uh, first and foremost, just because it's on my mind as well, a uh, great question from Will Jarvis, which is, what are my thoughts on CrossFit? Uh, I've said this probably on, on, a, on a ton of platforms, a ton of times. CrossFit to me is the tide that has helped to raise all ships um you know it's it's very easy and it's very commonplace and uh, we're kind of growing out of this now i think the fitness industry as a whole to to knock on crossfit and i would say the reason for that is simply that crossfit is a brand so crossfit wears this big banner whereas you know just training in general it's very hard to it's very hard to kind of knock different training modalities because they they're not really wearing a target on their back such as crossfit so to be honest um that to me demonstrates some form of bravery that being willing to step out into the world and say look here's this new uh here's this new training modality and here's these ideas that we've got and we're going to hang a sign on them which it does make it easy to knock you can't really knock going to the gym yet you know i would imagine far more people are injured uh, every year running or just just training in any kind of modality in the gym than they are uh, doing crossfit and you know the most kind of common gripe against crossfit from non-crossfitters is that idea of oh you know you're gonna hurt yourself um but as i say it's easy to say that because crossfit has a name it's it's, you know it's a target on their back as such but for me we wouldn't be having this this conversation if it wasn't for crossfit a lot of things that we now take for granted in the fitness space would not exist if CrossFit hadn't stepped up and kind of, uh, I guess, commodified them, like created um, realistic business opportunities for people um, and a lot of innovation and a lot of care and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fitness now would not exist if CrossFit didn't exist. So that's my kind of take on it. The other thing is as well, you know, CrossFit um, being an affiliate model, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a gulf between the, the best CrossFit box, whatever that means, and the worst CrossFit box, whatever that means. And I think that 
can be quite a difficult uh, kind of thing to wrap your head around sometimes and I also think it makes it really easy then to take pot shots as, as at the brand as a whole I guess it's like if you said to me um, you know what are my thoughts on burgers like obviously I love the concept of burgers but naturally there are going to be some I don't like actually that was a bad example I can't really imagine a burger I don't like but you get what I'm saying with this I'm a big fan of the the concept the idea as a whole on the whole of crossfit but i'm sure there's going to be some aspects of it or some elements or even people who do it uh, methods that i'm not going to be such a big fan of like everything else in life but on the whole like i said we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for crossfit so yeah mainly positive five star review what type of workout sorry next question what type of workout will you do on a full stomach a limited time and full on digestion now personally i'm very lucky no i don't think lucky is the right word in that years and years of kind of having to train on lunch breaks and and things like that or having to eat a big meal and then get straight back to work i've kind of got conditioned to just work or move or exercise on a on a fairly full stomach it doesn't affect me uh, too much quite a funny example i remember doing a 24-hour event uh, a couple of years ago and everyone took a break to have a pizza and we're all kind of like oh i'm full now going back to working out and my brother wilsey and i midway through the next workout like in the little rest period we're still grabbing slices and eating and everyone was kind of looking at us like we were wrong but you you get conditioned i guess but it's not ideal um i would say if it's a case of let's say you've got to train in the morning and you need to get breakfast in i would say best case scenario if you struggle to train fasted or it's just not ideal for you take on something really light before something that's gonna even just psychologically make you think okay i've got some fuel in the tank so a banana you know a big banana and a protein shake or just something like that something that's fairly light and quickly digestible and then if possible have your your main breakfast immediately after you work out if digestion is a problem i don't know the the full kind of logistics of the situation so perhaps that isn't possible in which case try and just go for the most easily digestible food before your workout some fruit something like that and then even if you can get a shake in quickly afterwards or just sip it throughout uh, that would be ideal and if you can and you want a big breakfast try and get it in immediately after you finish training or you know that whenever's convenient within the, the first few hours after finishing your training but yeah literally if i do have to train in the morning and i I don't want to train on an empty stomach, but I don't have time for breakfast. I'll just literally grab a couple of bananas and uh, perhaps some honey as well. Honey, I think is great. Just get a squeezy bottle, squeeze a little bit um, onto your banana or like even into your mouth as you're, as you're warming up. That can be really good at kind of getting your uh, getting your, your nervous system kind of worked up and primed and ready. So I think honey is great and a very sort of underrated or lesser seen um it's not supplement is it because it's a whole food but yeah bananas and a bit of honey and then try and get your your main meal in immediately after you work out if possible 
Next question, best Bulldog gear program you'd suggest for first time OCR prep? This is a really good question. It's something we wanna look into in the future and it's, you know, we work with some amazing people uh, that could potentially do something incredible in this field for us and for you guys. So keep your eyes peeled for that in the future. Um, I would say of the programs we have up at the moment on the site, hmm, it's depending on what you've got access to. I would probably say in the bag, which is it's the free sandbag program, um, simply because it's a combination of uh, there's a there's a lot of workouts that include running, but it's generally a little bit more odd object, which is a your depending on what race you do, you're literally likely to encounter atlastones and stuff like that. But b it's going to teach you to train not just in different planes of motion and different ranges of motion, but also less than ideal ranges of motion and, and circumstances, etc., which will come in massively handy for OCR training, that kind of building that stability, building that um, kind of mental resilience against that unpredictability that you're, you're going to face and that can happen when you're, you're kind of sandbag training and every rep feels a little bit different. So I'd say in the bag, which is free, so grab that and have a look. And then I would just say, uh, beyond the programs, and I actually have a pro, I actually have a guide that I've been sitting on for probably since 2019 now called Athlos, which I've just got in draft somewhere, which which it, it actually really leans into this idea of um, running split up with kind of chippers or bouts of interval training or resistance training. The idea being, what we want to look at doing is dividing up our runs and punctuating them with short sharp bursts of resistance training be that you know that could be anything from sandbag work to burpees to rope climbs and then working circuits like that i think that's the best training you can really do because that really does mimic the kind of the, the modality you're going to encounter so something like for instance you're going to do 10 rounds of 400 meter run and maybe a diff pick five movements and do them one at a time after each each round after each 400 meter run and then obviously you'll repeat that twice to get your to get your 10 rounds so you could do 400 meter run into 100 burpees or 50 burpees as a chipper then you're going to do another 400 meter run then you're going to do 50 dumbbell ground to overhead then you're going to do another 400 meter run you're going to do 10 rope climbs you can do another 400 meter run and and sled push and something like that so all we're looking to do is train both our capacity to run under the fatigue of doing those anaerobic movements but also train our capacity to do those anaerobic movements under the fatigue of all of the running which perfectly kind of mimics the stimulus you're going to face at an OCR so I hope that is helpful for you um, good question here probably a short and sharp one how do I train my chest without a bench dip or press up it just puts too much strain on my shoulder uh, well bench dip or press up you've kind of <laughs> ticked off all of your your main chest builders there so what i would say there is in terms of it puts too much strain on my shoulder then your best bet is probably to assess why that is whether that means going to see a coach and looking at you know how you're training or 
going to see someone assessing whether or not there's any underlying issues with your shoulder potentially but without a bench dip or press up you've got things like flies uh, cable flies dumbbell flies etc but i would say if bench dip or press up are aggravating your shoulder there's every likelihood and you know i can't say this sight unseen but there's every likelihood that those things will too so your best bet is probably looking looking at how you're performing the movements and if there's a way to perform them that you know doesn't aggravate your shoulder perhaps um, some form tweaks could help from a from a qualified coach and also looking at you know is there an underlying issue with your shoulder that's causing it to give you pain when you're doing those movements uh i can't you know diagnose anything especially sight unseen but bench and dip would make me think you you know your shoulder's going into a, a lot of extension there uh perhaps that's what it is but you know press up should be pretty unproblematic for your shoulder so Potentially, it's just a case of building up strength. So maybe, you know, picking one of those exercises and uh, choosing a load that doesn't give you pain and then building from there. But as I say, it sounds to me like the the bigger thing you, you want to do is not look for other exercises, is look for the reason those exercises are causing you pain. I hope that helps. If Bulldog Gear built you a new home gym, what would your first five pieces of equipment be? Um, this is a super kind of, this is something I've given a lot of thought to, and I believe there's actually an article on the, on the Bulldog Gear website that I put together talking about the kind of first bits of kit I would get. So the way I rationalize this is, let's take a look. Straight away, we can already do straight off the bat body weight movements. We don't need anything to do those body weight movements. What would be great though, is if in addition to push-ups etc we can do pull-ups so the minute we've got something to do pull-ups on we've kind of majorly doubled our sort of movement selection as such so i'm going to take it for granted that i've already got somewhere to do pull-ups on some sort of straight bar be it a rafter a, a tree whatever it is so i'm going to take that as given i'm not going to say i'm going to purchase a pull-up bar what I'm going to say is gymnastics rings. So number one is gym rings. I can hang them off of whatever I'm already doing pull-ups on. And that is going to 10x my movement selection. I can now do ring dips. I can do ring press-ups. I can do ring flies. I can do muscle-ups. I can do ring chins. Um, you know, a whole host of things. So straight up, first thing I would get would be uh, gymnastics rings. Next thing I want to do is add some resistance. Now, depending on what your goals are, you're going to go one of two ways here. If I want to take this body weight and I literally just want to add in a ton of heavy exercises along alongside it, just to build kind of raw, unrefined brute strength, I'd get a heavy sandbag. A combination of body weight work and heavy sandbag modified strongman work. If you think about those two things as being either end of the spectrum as such, kind of controlled gymnastics and then just brutish sandbag work, if I'm ticking those boxes at either end of the spectrum, I'm liable to fall somewhere straight down the middle, which is going to make me quite a well-rounded kind of, uh, not athlete, but, but human being as such. So if strength is what you're going for, sandbag would be the next thing I suggest. Um, if you kind of have aspirations to do some sort of competitive exercise, perhaps it's crossfit, etc., I would go with a pair of dumbbells. Um, my personal preference is a single kettlebell, but I've had this debate many, many times. I've had a lot of chance to talk about this. 
I think a pair of dumbbells beats a single kettlebell, but I think a single kettlebell beats a single dumbbell in terms of versatility. So if you do have quite specific goals, a pair of dumbbells, if you don't, and you just kind of, you know, you want to get fitter, faster, leaner, live longer, all that good stuff, I'd go for a single kettlebell, reasonably heavy, you know, depending on your on your strength level, you don't want to just grab a, a 20 or something like that and not be able to get the kind of um, stimulus you need. A really good way I find of uh, picking a weight, and this is what I kind of diagnose to people, is you want to pick a weight that you can press overhead five or six times at an absolute kind of ball-busting intensity, um, any more than that and it's liable to be light light in a way that you're not going to get a good stimulus out of squats and swings where you've got potential to go heavy and deadlifts any heavier than that and yeah you're going to get a good stimulus on your squats and swings and deadlifts but you're going to be limited as to what you can do overhead so a really good thing to do if you've got access to a few kettlebells perhaps at the gym or something find a weight that you can with your weakest arm push press overhead five times you're going to pick that weight and you're going to get to work with it and your goal is whatever your training may be whatever you're training for you want to take that five rep max push press and you want to turn that into your 10 rep max with the same weight and if you think about that the, the strength increase you're going to have, uh, have kind of made there um once you get up into that higher range, into that hypertrophy range, you're going to look at, you know, putting on some decent size. You're getting a good intensity. And it's just a nice linear way to look at it. So start heavy, get stronger. So, yeah, what have we got so far? Gym ring, sandbag, and a single kettlebell or two dumbbells, depending on what your kind of uh, proclivity is, you know, whether it's for competitive training or just trying to get be a better, more capable human. Um, cool, I don't really know beyond that. I mean, I've got some really nice kit and I enjoy it all, but I don't know if at home you really need more than that. So I would, you know, maybe I would take whichever one I didn't get out of the single kettlebell or double dumbbell and I would get the other one of those. Uh, so that, you know, if I had the single kettlebell, I'd grab a pair of dumbbells next. Um, it depends on what your budget is. And if you want to grab a piece of metabolic kit, I love the bike erg. I hate the rower, personal preference, but I think it's got to be the air bike simply because the air bike will prepare you for the ski erg. It will prepare you for a bike erg. It will even, you know, build your engine and prepare you for running. Uh, there's obviously some mechanics involved in rowing, but, you know, you're still going to build your engine. I don't think any of the other pieces of kit particularly prepare you very well for the air bike if that makes sense so if you've some of you will know exactly what i'm talking about you could be the best rower in the world you've rode tons and tons and tons you've done tons of skier you've done tons of biker tons of running the first time you get on an air bike it's still a very different you know different boat of gravy right um so i would just pick the air bike just because i think it's the most versatile piece of kit with the most carryover uh, there's people that say you can't really do like longer longer pieces on the air bike but i know loads of people who do but it's also fantastic for just jumping on and just elevating your heart rate like no piece of kit really takes you from zero to 100 as quickly as the air bike so budget depending i would take an air bike next and then i think you've got a pretty sweet setup that will you know do everything from just making you a fitter faster stronger human all the way through to 
you could compete you know you could do crossfit competitions you could do functional fitness competitions so that would be it for me let's have a look what else have we got here can push-ups build lats no i mean obviously during the eccentric of of the push-up there's going to be some stabilization but that's kind of like I can't really even think of an example. It's just no. Pull-ups. Get on those pull-ups. What motivates you and your goal, if any? Um, this has changed and, and fluctuated throughout the years. I mean, personally, I've, I've been doing this since I was, or I've been in and around this industry since I was 16. So different things have motivated me at different times. Uh, I think probably personally, I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm so ingrained and this is such a part of my identity that different things uh, within fitness kind of motivate me at different times like I'll chase down different goals but may, uh, mostly it's just things I'm curious about now like I just wonder I have a lot of wonder and I think you know is this possible doing this you know can I do xyz using only abc these are the things that uh, kind of pique my curiosity and keep me engaged and keep me, you know, motivated for for want of a better word. And the great byproduct of these things is that they'll keep you fit and they'll keep you healthy. I think my if I had to, if I had to have a macro goal now. So let's say you know my micro goals are whatever I'm striving for in the short term at the time. My macro goal, I guess would be to keep having those little micro goals, keep having these bouts of curiosity in order that I keep training forever. I mean, that that's it for me. It's just my big, without meaning to sound too cheesy and use kind of language that gets employed a lot in the fitness industry, my big why, air quotes, is I don't ever want to come up against something and experience that I can't experience that I can't indulge in um, because of my physicality. You know, as a, as a, you know, I've had the privilege of being born able-bodied and to then, you know, be presented with something and go, you know, I can't do that because I'm not fit enough. And I don't mean things like, I don't think mean things that are just completely insane. I don't mean like huge kind of fitness adventures, whatever it is. I mean this on a level of like, Walking dog, playing with your kids is the one everyone always cites. Like, I don't want to have any barriers to doing any of those things because of my physicality. Uh, that, to me, seems like almost, I guess, ungrateful. Like, it seems very ungrateful to me um, that I'm in this position where I can be physically fit and choosing, choosing, you know, just me, choosing not to be physically fit seems like it's, yeah, it's almost insensitive. Um, and another thing that I actually, maybe perhaps this is with uh, old age, I'm sort of coming to these these bigger, less sort of self-centered conclusions, but a uh, weird little story, weird little anecdote. I was coming out of Tesco's the other day and, uh, in the car park a few bays over, there was a, there was a woman, she's maybe 40s 50s tops and she had in her trolley a load of bags of uh, compost or soil I can't remember and I saw her kind of trying to get them out of the trolley to put into her boot 
and I sort of looked at her and she was kind of doing it in a really exaggerated way I could tell she wanted me to ask for help but didn't want me to ask her so I said do you, do you want me to chuck those in a booth for you oh yes please that would be great thank you had to ask the guy in Tesco's didn't know how I was going to get them out so I just picked up this soil and I, I chucked them in the back of her car and she said thank you and I went and we went our separate ways and uh, I don't know why I just over-romanticized that so much. We went our separate ways. Uh, so I jumped in the car and I was thinking, actually, my why has always been that idea of not wanting to preclude myself from any experiences. But in a non-self-serving way, I would like to be fit in order that I can serve my community, that I can serve and help the people around me. Because like I say... I was born able-bodied, an absolute privilege, and my life, you know, has, has sort of meandered in a direction that's enabled me uh, to be in a position to get strong and get fit, you know, I hate to say this, but like above average, you know, I would say I'm above average levels of, of fitness and strength. So, wow, like the the idea that sort of dawned on me, it was almost a bit of an epiphany, like you you should use that you should use that you know without meaning to sound cliche yeah you should be taking the soil out of people's trolleys for them because you've been privileged enough to to be in a position to do that so i guess something i'm thinking about now is yeah stay strong to be there for your family and then your friends and then your community as large and you know a bit cheesy but the world gets a little bit better that way doesn't it if we're all strong enough to serve our community and we all use the the strengths in, in you know in a, in a lot of our cases quite literally the strengths we've got to help serve our community i think that is a a pretty noble goal if i do say so myself number one uh, bucket list fitness slash expedition challenge and one absolutely not on this i think this is such a good question especially the the second half of this and i'm gonna have to try and think about this in the back of my head as I answered the first one. Um, fitness expedition. I'd like to do like a big, big ultra of of some description. I had this weird thing. You've probably picked up on it after, you know, nearly 30 podcasts. Is that organized sports and the more kind of um, arranged, grandfathered in, well-known events, etc., I love them. Massive respect for everyone who does them, but they're not really what uh, tickle my pickle. You know, they don't really get me excited as much as other things. So for me, it has to be something that has another element to it, an element of like, am I going to be exploring something like a really great, easy example would be like doing a marathon. Cool. Doing a marathon, uh, you know, around a volcano that's where I want to be like you know some stuff like that where it's got that little bit of extra sort of edge um so I would say any of the big ultras that kind of take you somewhere amazing that kind of take you somewhere you're not likely to go and you're you would never even consider like okay I'm gonna go do there and I'm gonna go there and do some fitness so marathon de Sabal is definitely on there that's uh, i think it's a five or six day i can't remember off the top of my head sorry um ultra marathon across the sahara that to me is like what an incredible experience um to do that on a sort of lower uh not lower level but on a sort of more realistically achievable at any point for me is the national free peaks challenge i've not done it i did recently you're probably bored of hearing about it now the yorkshire free peaks 
like three days in a row and again that's a that's a kind of thing of like people do the Yorkshire three peaks and we're like wouldn't it be cool if we did it three times in a row like that extra little stupid I guess testosterone fueled stuff um but yeah I would like to do the national three peaks because it, it's here to be done it's there to be done but again I'd, I'd love to find a little twist we've been talking about what's the little twist um i've been thinking a lot about doing the national free peaks is there a record for doing it unsupported uh so no help at all no designated driver you're just out there on your own getting it done that that sounds good to me there's an element to me of that's a that's a test of character you know there's no one there there's no conversation no sort of fanfare i just get in the car at nevis whatever it is and just do those do that three peaks challenge by myself um so yeah that's something i've been thinking about uh one absolutely a a fitness challenge or expedition absolutely not on the list i don't know because i think if there was anything that i ever found myself thinking excuse my french fuck that i don't i'd never want to do that for any other reason other than I think it's a bit boring that would probably make me want to do it if that makes sense that that would kind of make me think like well hold on why are you saying that are you scared of that like what's wrong with you do it um so there's I don't think there's any not on the list I'm trying to think if there's any anything I I guess it's not really an expedition but anything kind of indoors or like on a rower like the idea of doing like a 24-hour rowathon or something like that it just doesn't appeal to me and yeah there's probably an element of a lack of mental strength there if I'm being completely honest like the idea of just doing that one thing for 24 hours indoors uh I just don't I don't think I'm wired that way so that would be a huge weakness for me I think a lot of people mistake uh, mental strength for being something that's completely universal but it, it, I guess <laughs> I guess you can be mentally strong in one area and then other areas will be a big you know it's almost like phobias right we're scared of certain things and we can be brave in other areas uh, early morning workouts or evening I've had to do early morning workouts you know just logistically in the past I do prefer an evening workout. I feel like I need the whole day to get kind of warmed up. Um, And even, you know, I've done days where I've done like travel and then done like 60, you know, 16 hour day, leave the house at 4.35, whatever it is, do a full day on site of labor. And then I'll still train in the evening. It'll still feel good. It's not the same as being fresh, but I just feel warm and I just feel ready. I do like a mid-afternoon workout, to be honest, because I feel like you're... I don't feel like I'll train optimally in the morning, but I feel like after I work out, I will then work optimally for the rest of the day because you've got the kind of all that... All that goodness from exercise has kind of uh, bubbled up to the surface and it makes me work really well for the rest of the day. So um, a mid-afternoon one for me is great. Like I love a lunchtime workout and I know that's not practicable for everybody, but you know when I used to train at lunchtime out on site it would just be I'd grab a kettlebell out of the back of the van or car and go to work and I think for a lot of people a lunchtime workout is actually pretty achievable 
But what's holding a lot of people back is kind of that embarrassment factor of, oh, you know, I don't want to be the one working out in the car park or whatever it is. And I understand that some people, you know, if you work in an office or whatever it is, you can't exactly go out and train and then get dressed again and go back into the office absolutely humming. But uh, yeah, I do love an afternoon workout, not so much for the workout itself, but for the benefit to the rest of my day. Other than that, my preference is an evening workout. I just feel like I'm fueled. I feel like I'm warm. I feel like I'm ready to go. So that's my preference. But if I had to train in the morning, I would just undo that mindset completely. I would be like, stop thinking that. Stop thinking that it's going to be any worse. Let's sort of reprogram ourselves and get what we can done in the morning and, you know, find a way to turn that frown upside down. Hi, AT. Do you track your food? How often? Um, No, not really. I mean... I've been doing this for a very like I I've been doing this for so long that I can you know I can still remember pre-iPhone when we had to make spreadsheets for people to help them track their macros. So I'm pretty good at knowing what's in stuff, and I think that is kind of when you don't need to track anymore. Every now and again, if I if I'm curious about something or I'm doing a little sort of nutrition protocol experiment whatever it is i might start plugging it into my fitness pal just to you know keep a track i do think it offers a great deal of accountability for a lot of people a lot of people you know struggle to remember the days are long and we've all got a lot on and remembering every little thing we've eaten in a day things get away from us right they do uh, i also think it can be a really good educational tool um you know, I've got the privilege of education. I'm a qualified nutritionist. I've learned a lot about food and not everyone has that, has that privilege. And it, I think especially in fitness circles, we get into these little sort of confirmation bubbles and we start to assume everyone knows what we know. And then you'll have a conversation with someone or multiple someones and, you know, something will come up that you will assume is kind of old knowledge or that died out a long time ago or whatever it is. And you realize, oh, you know, people still believe this stuff or people don't know about this stuff. So I do think from that perspective, um, tracking your food, you know, in whatever capacity that is, can be a good educational tool. I think we all know by now that it's not for everybody. And I, you know, I have people in my personal life for whom tracking their food is uh, kind of more deleterious to their mental health than the kind of actual upside I think it's like anything else. You need to look at it through your own lens and you need to process, is this juice worth the squeeze for me? How am I going to respond to this? Am I going to be able to remain kind of completely neutral and just be like, yeah, cool, I'm just tracking my food. It's no big deal, which is the case for a lot of people, which is why I don't really like when people say wholesale, tracking your food is an eating disorder. No, you cannot make that kind of call in a vacuum it's it's ridiculous it, it, it's case by case there's some people for whom it's you know it's going to have no cognitive load whatsoever there'll be no emotional engagement with that and there's other people that even the idea of thinking about their food is going to have a, a wildly deleterious or bad effects on their mental health so it's down to the individual i don't personally track i do occasionally um Sometimes I think it can be a nice little reset, you know, if you're, if you are, if you've got kind of into the swing of eating intuitively 
and that's great for kind of maintaining where you're at but you want to uh i don't know you know i use the expression like tighten the screws when i want to just drop a little bit of body fat for whatever the reason may be then tracking can be good but again you know rewind listen to everything i just said about the individual how you process things and whether or not ultimately the juice is worth the squeeze for you next question wanting to get into personal training but not working in a chain gym environment any advice uh i just think establish what it is you believe in establish who you are as a trainer as a coach and just wherever you are hold on to that uh, i think a lot of people with the rise and rise of functional fitness deride the idea of working in a commercial chain gym setting because they're kind of like okay and this is actually something i see a lot which is i try not to have pet peeves but this does get under my skin a little bit this idea of i'm a coach and you're a personal trainer okay well they're just nouns aren't they you know they're just names what makes you a coach versus this person being a pt and i think that is by and large um off-putting for a lot of people if they consider themselves like you know i'm a functional trainer i'm in this circle i'm not going to go and pt at a commercial gym i know some absolutely incredible coaches trainers whatever terminology you want to use that work at pure gyms and anytime fitnesses and they are some of the best functional trainees and trainers i know you know i think the important thing is maybe deciding what you are creating your core values and holding on to those whatever environment you're in and not letting the idea of ending up in a change because i'll be honest chain gyms are it's a you're going to have a better customer base there you are you really are you're going to have a a very targeted audience more people were great footfall from a business perspective it probably makes more sense and there is nothing to say that you can't do everything that you would do training in a small group pt functional crossfit whatever you want to call it setting in those gyms and it, you know i've done it i you know i was doing this 10 plus years ago and yeah you do get you know there's people there that are going to be like oh you know why have you got them carrying weights around the gym they're not the cleaners that's an actual conversation i had with someone once uh and stuff like that but just don't worry about it you know those guys let those guys stick to putting people on the lap pull down and texting between sets and you just worry about being the best possible version of yourself and serving your clients uh that would be my advice i would mean i would say don't even distinguish between chain gym versus anywhere else if there's another reason you don't want to work in a chain gym then my advice would just to be you know probably similar hold on to your ethos hold on to your core beliefs um i'm not going to give you any business advice because i'm the worst at that you know i'm the worst salesman in the world um i'm the the definition of the starving artist i think at times but yeah just be true to what you want to bring to the table what is it that you offer what is your i don't want to use the word niche but what is it you believing that you want to spread that message that's what's important okay guys thank you very much for tuning in uh, i hope some of that was informative and helpful 
and not just inane waffle i do hope that you managed to pour some kind of useful takeaways and actionable info out of that thanks again for dropping your questions in guys i want to try and do this on a sort of semi-regular basis whether that's going to be on the podcast or on another platform um tbc but again thank you very much guys thanks for tuning in and i will see you on the next one and there we have it thank you for listening in guys if you enjoyed today's episode it would be greatly appreciated if you could drop us a review on your podcast app of choice any feedback you've got please send it over via social media and don't hesitate to tell us what you would like to hear more of i'm at this has been the bulldog gear podcast Thanks for tuning in, guys.